This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sports reporters assemble! Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The sports reporters were assembling on a post twenty twenty edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Guys, we did it. It's twenty twenty one now. Does it feel like twenty twenty one to you, or does it feel like December thirty second, twenty twenty? Bob, what about you? What do you, What do you think? It's still March. I don't know what you guys are talking oh, about. Oh, right. right. <laughs> it, is, it, has, it has always been March 2020. It mm-hmm. will always be March 2020. That's my take. Andrew, what about you? Does it feel like 2021 for, for you? Um, I mean, maybe. I'm not... <laughs> like it, it... COVID's over. Oh, oh no. Um, you know, here's, here's my <laughs> thing like, with that. Like, what it feels like, oh, when it, you know, does it feel like a new year? Not really. Um, it, it feels like a new year when I'm not doing the uh, two to three week routine when I'm putting a date down. And I still put 20. Um, so once I get out of that phase, I'm like, oh, it's a new year. Um, I, I do think that I, I sense like a very cautious uh the the one bull in a china shop that knows they're that that they're in a china shop like mm. this is what i feel like we're all just kind of like okay guys do not touch anything i feel that i feel that how was uh how was y'all's new year's eve what did, did y'all i know in covid it's you only can do so much but um how was uh how was your new year's what did you do i drank i i, I did not drink uh i sat I, I had a I made dinner for my girlfriend and uh, we watched some exciting Knicks basketball. Mm. Knicks Raptors. Yeah, the Knicks went three of thirty six from three point range. So they didn't quality. win. Quality. No, they did not. Why would you think they would win? Yeah, three of thirty six seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. But hey, the Knicks are fun. Talking to old friend of Knicker blogger <laughs> David Wurtzberger this week. The Knicks, Julius Randle. Turn into LeBron Light for the first few weeks of the season. It's not the worst thing. Yeah, he's kind of like a rich man's Mason Plumley, but sure, why not? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard those words put together. Rich man's Mason Plumley. It may have never been said before. That's actually a game that uh, a dear old friend of mine from high school and I used to play all the time. The game is called "Say a Sentence That Has Never Been Said Before in the History of Humanity." Mm-hmm. Now, the rules of this game are. You have to say a sentence that has been said before in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you win. The thing is, you cannot actively try to say a sentence that has never been said before in the history mm-hmm. of humanity. You cannot concretely set out to put together random words and sentences and assume that it's never been said before. And a lot of things have been said in the history of humanity. Someone may have very well said a rich man's Mason Plumley, um, for example. Uh, the other thing is, so it has to come within the natural, nat- the, the, uh, natural flow of the conversation mm-hmm. so that you play the game, but you can't ever overtly or consciously play the game. You are always playing the game. And once you say the sentence that has never been said before in the history of humanity, a person with you shouts winner, and then the game starts again. Interesting. Andrew, go give a, give a sports sentence has never been said. Go, go, go. Notre no, Dame is going to be Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Mm. You're really said. morose about this day, Andrew. It, you're, you're really going I've, into this. Just Here's, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There is no, you know, there, there, there is no conceivable 
oh, you know, non Alabama has to have the worst game of all time. Like there's no option aside from that. And this team in Alabama has shown that uh, they can basically win any way possible. Um, yeah. Like I, when you already know what's going to happen and you already know the jokes are coming and it's just kind of like, guys, who else are you going to put out there? Like, it's not like the four seed has sprung upsets in the playoff before. Poor like, Andrew. Poor, poor I, Andrew. I'm I'm fine. It could be worse. I'm, you could be watching Tennessee football all fall. You could be watching the Tennessee Volunteers and the Atlanta Falcons for your entirety of your fall football season. Can that, you imagine? That's fair. That's fair. Um, I still want Mike Zimmer fired in Minnesota, so it's not It's not like, you know, I'm happy on Sundays either. Mm. Well, Bob's um, been thrilled. Bob's on a two-game win streak at the moment. I love the Jets. The Jets I, 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 Who doesn't love Jets the Jets? Are so, the, the Jets are so bad that they are literally playing some of the best football in the last the two weeks. time. Yeah. At the worst <laughs> possible time. At the only time when it will really be, like, there is a non-zero chance to bring back Adam Gase next year. Yeah. Which is a terrifying thought. I know we had a, we've only had a report from WFAN Yacker Craig Carton that mm. this is his last game. Uh, he Craig still got a job? They hired, after he got out of, after he got oh, out of jail, they hired right. him back. I forgot. The Craig and- Carton story was delightful. Well, not for Craig Carton, but for everyone else. <laughs> hey, 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 you know, no, no, hold on. He still got a job after being in jail. So, no, the, yeah, the, it worked out for For committing massive fraud. For all you listeners at home who aren't well, familiar on. with That's the, a classic the whoopsie. Sports talk radio. <laughs> Craig Carton set up a phony ticket-buying scam. Basically, he was selling off huge blocks of tickets to events, which he did not own those tickets for. And basically like it was, it was a Ponzi scheme. He was, he was selling certain ticket items to pay off customers who expected to be paid back and then selling off non-existent tickets that he didn't own to keep the cash flow going. And eventually the whole house of cards crumbled. Um, and we've all been there. Who among us? Who? (laughs) (laughs) Who has not become a fake ticket buying broker, possibly to deal with gambling expenses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, that story. Is great. How long us. has he been out? I didn't even know. Like it's been a little uh, bit, right? He got hired not that long after getting out of jail. Okay. There was a very there's a very sad long form. Here's what Craig, Craig Carton has learned in his life's journey. His story is sad. Like Craig Carton has had some sad things happen to him in life, and I don't mean to make fun of him for doing crimes but they were kind of funny crimes <laughs> oh, yo oh we have oh, some uh we have a new person on the line hey samantha hey how's we're, it going we're talking about samantha, crimes are you familiar with craig carton and his crimes do you know who this is the crime man um no wait no okay. what okay <laughs> a, a local new york sports talk radio host got bust in order to pay off gambling debt set up a ponzi like fake ticket broker company and uh okay defrauded a lot of people and stole their money doing crimes doing, doing crimes time. and he lost his job as a new york sports talk radio host but now he's back okay. and got rehired it, by who the same people company that he used to work for nice see good company. does always win yes yeah. It pays to be white in America. That's yeah, great. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> it's the classic underdog story. It was. Uh, it's. It's great. People love so, it. We're all happy. What was the What was the Newsday story or the uh, uh, Who's like the the sports media kind of guy in New York? I, I, I like the name is on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, Andrew Marchant. Is it Andrew Marshawn? Yeah, yeah. He's the post. So uh, yeah. when he said that he had some big radio news in New York, and I'm thinking, okay, Francesca's literally going to call it quits, or you know, some there's going to be a huge shift in you know what's going to happen with WFAN. Like I, 
like I'm thinking all of these things in the world. And and it was like 25 minutes because you know he does like that that 30 minute delay thing or whatever, and yeah. so like 25 30 minutes later, he says uh, it is rumored that when Craig Carton uh, completes his sentence, that they will try and work him back into the fold at WFAN. And I was just like, oh, so the most obvious thing in front of me, I completely whiffed on. Awesome. Yeah. I got to so, I got to uh, I got to talk to to Francesa like during the beginning of COVID during the lockdown, because Francesa again let's all go into the wayback machine to like April 2010. Um, Francesa suddenly got extremely woke both on his show and especially on Twitter, and uh, so I I called him I called him at home and we talked for 45 minutes about the Rona. And how he's handling the lockdowns and all that. It was a, it was a fun story. It was weird. It was very. It was all I could do because I called his home and I spoke to an assistant or someone who was not him in his house. Maybe it was Mrs. Francis. I I don't know. I spoke to someone else who was not him, and I said, "Listen, I'm a reporter. I would love to talk with Mike if he's available." And they said, "Call back in ten minutes." which doesn't really happen that very often with someone as famous as Mike Francesa. They don't like you, you, you don't get past the institutional barriers that they themselves have erected to keep randos from calling their home. But evidently, I guess no one thought to do that. So I got the first interview with Mike Francesa after he got woke and I call him up and it, for the life of me, it took every ounce of restraint I had in my body not to be like, hi, Robin from Brooklyn, first time long. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't. I restrained myself. I was a professional. Um, I did mention that when I was. I did mention when I was a kid, like during our conversation, that I used to listen to, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog and all that. But Mike was a Mike was a delightful phone conversation. I couldn't convince him not to vote for Trump, mm. even though he oh. spent the last month saying how Trump was screwing up the COVID response. That people, sounds about right. I could the not. Of the conversation was devoted to you trying to convince him not to vote for Trump. Well, that, that was the unprofessional portion of the conversation <laughs> because technically that's not my job to try to convince one uh, boomer from Long Island that they should vote differently. Um, or boomer from Chester. Long Island, do not be a boomer from Long Island. Westchester, Westchester, Long Island, wherever you want to date Mike's place of origin at this point. In any case, uh, one bridge and tunnel boomer that they should change the vote. And I, but I said, I think, I think if memory serves, the way I put it was, well, I mean, considering what you said and how dissatisfied you are with how he's handled the job at this incredibly crucial moment in history, I, I think maybe that would cause some, a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, passive verbs and, and third personing. Like, I think that might cause someone to reconsider their allegiances politically or something like that. Um, and he just calmly was like, no. He was like, look, I, I'm critical of him now, but I'm loyal to the guy and I support him. And, you know, it's the usual, usual rest. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I think he needed yeah. four more years. I think he would have figured it out. I think we would have gotten ahead have. of it. I think uh, we really should have seen it through, guys. I don't think we get gave, we gave yeah. enough time. Yeah. In I any agree. case, I it's in the story about him still voting for Trump, but um, in any case, that was my that was I took my answer off air. That was my encounter with Mike with the Pope with the Pope of New York. So Samantha and I binged uh, Euphoria last week, which um, is a hard show to binge, by the way. It is. And I is Michi. Everybody knows. You guys know I've, I've gone over your head with the Zendaya. I have Michi. no fucking idea what you're talking about, Bob. Wait, what? Zendaya is the name of the lead actor yes. in Euphoria. Yeah, there was we're a aware. Team that was that was popular a couple of years ago, where someone is pointing at a wheat pasted poster for some cartoon movie that Zendaya did the voiceover for, and it just says. Zendaya is Michi, and it went. It was a popular meme. Explain oh. me. Let's move on. Okay. Move on okay. You love it. Um, Euphoria, though, it is a tough thing to binge because it is uh, it's very depressing. Have you all watched it yet? 
Yeah, that's why I'm just like, you really binge watch that. Yeah, it's yeah. That's a choice. It's heavy. Very heavy. Yeah. It is heavy. But you get sucked in and you want to know more about the fuck upness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they making another season? I think so. They they are. So we'll all get to find out what happens to Zendaya and I don't think it's gonna be good. And, and her girlfriend and all the shitheads in the local town that she lives in. I think they're going to kill some people off. No, you've been thinking people are dying every episode. I know. You were just like, that person's dying over and over again. Like, that person's dying. kind of someone has to die tragically show. That's sort of... I'm upset that no one did die. I really am. No, they just just suffered lifelong trauma. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) win-win. That that jock guy with the dick pics on his phone should have died. The one that beat the living hell out of that guy, he should have died. Just, you know, tragically or non-tragically, just in like an accident or something. Have you have you watched the bottle episode that's just Zendaya talking to her swell sponsor? No, but is that one of the specials they just came out with? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it? They they evidently had a lot of footage in the can and they turned it into a bottle episode. Mm. I haven't watched it. Interesting. It's a good show. It's just super, super dark, super heavy. I mean, if you guys have I, HBO Max, which I assume mm-hmm. you watched to check out Wonder Woman 1984, yeah. it's just terrible. It's so, it's so, so bad. It's oh, really, I, I, got through, I got through about 10 minutes and then nope, I, no more, no more. It's just awful. How many movies make, have you only no, given 10 minutes to? There are a lot of them. I kind of know that if I don't like Superman. Okay, okay. Yeah, Batman vs. Superman, which is just a bad ripoff of the actual Frank Miller Dark Knight. And- oh, can I tell you my Batman vs. Superman theater story? Oh, sure. Lord. So I saw it, I want to say like a week after it came out. And I remember I saw it late. I went to like a midnight showing. And this dude came in with like this full Superman like attire, just huge dork. And came in, he was super excited, he was a nice guy, just really just too old for what he was wearing to this theater on a random Thursday night. And I was, it was not about it, but super nice. And he, I was like, oh, are you really excited about this? Because I was like, this movie's probably going to suck. And I'm just, this is morbid curiosity that I'm doing this. But he was like, no, nah, dude, I love Man of Steel. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, Superman's my guy. <laughs> and I was like, is it though? Is it going to be great? All right, man. I'll have see you after guys, the movie. Have you guys, have you guys ever experienced the the greatest troll movie critic of all time, Armand White? Mm-mm. No, Andrew Armand White fan. Um, I think I've read some of his stuff, but really, yeah, haven't read enough yeah. to pay attention. Armand, Armand White was a was a sort of he was always a, a kind of prickly New York film critic who would offer weird contrarian opinions about movies. And he was printed in the, the the weekly, the alt weekly of the New York Press for many, many years, which is where I used to read him in an actual newspaper, which you'd get out of a kiosk for free on the street. Um, and Armand White, in the last, I'm going to say, decade, has metastasized into just a pure troll. He will write the most insane. Like he's of the belief that one of the greatest movies of all time is Norbit. Starring Eddie Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He will also expound at length upon the Adam Sandler Al Pacino movie Jack and Jill and its greatness. Oh, okay. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill is a very strange movie starring Al Pacino as Al Pacino and Adam Sandler as both himself and his sister Jill. And not himself, Adam Sandler, but the character Jack and his sister Jill, both played by Adam Sandler. So Adam Sandler in drag. And Al Pacino is in love with Adam Sandler in drag. The basic thrust <laughs> of the plot is that Adam Sandler's character has to get Al Pacino to star in a series of commercials for Dunkin' Donuts, i.e. the Dunkachino. I don't really hate this premise. I'm not going to lie. And I'm, and I'm wondering if Adam is pulling off a lady at all. And 
No, no, it's just the it's one of the <laughs> no. classic Adam Sandler oh my god voices, but wearing a dress. That's Adam Sandler as a lady. It's not a sexy lady like the kids and all. Um, and so, in order to convince Al Pacino to do these Dunkin' Donuts commercials, he basically tries to lure him with his sister played by him. Um, in any case. That's Jack and Jill. It's a it's frighteningly bad, but you can watch many many uh, online uh, yokes jokesters remix the Dunkachino commercial into horrifying forms. And yes, you can actually watch the Al Pacino singing and dancing Dunkachino commercial. Yeah. In any case, I'm on white. Uh, so yeah, Armand White at some point in the last 10 years just turned into a pure troll where you have no idea whether he believes the actual things he's saying about movies. Um, and he's become a far-right crank, unsurprisingly. Uh, there is a great Armand White profile to be written. Um, I, as a middle-aged white dude, am not the person to be to write it because... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Someone should write about him because he's fascinating and his prose is so fucking purple, it looks like a bruise. Fuck it, I'll do it, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Like, someone should go deep on Armand White because he is all... Like, there are stories dating back two decades of, like, Armand... Armand was the three-time chair of the New York Film Critics Circle, a prestigious New York Film Critics Society. And you know that he's the three-time chair of the New York Film Critics Circle because his Twitter handle is 3xchair. Just to remind everyone that he's the three-time chair of the New York Film Critics Circle. People There's forget. Stories, yeah, like he will go to, like there are endless stories about him going to, you know, galas and New York Film Critics events where he will cause an outrage by like openly booing people when movies he doesn't like receive awards. So or he just goes full um, Hannibal Burris. Yeah. Why are you bu- why are you booing me? I'm right. Yeah, basically that. That's basically him. Um what is another movie he loves? Meet Dave. Another late period Eddie Murphy that nobody saw and I have terrible. no idea what that is. When when that that's the Adam Sandler is in the isn't a prolonged. I'm Eddie Murphy. I can do whatever I want. I've basically got fuck you money, and I can yeah. make any movie I want, and nobody cares. Like Adam, Adam Sandler yeah. is in this prolonged Adam, stage, and Netflix is like, sure, here's fifty million dollars. It's clearly working for someone's bottom line. I mean, Adam Sandler, I think at this point, has decided that. He will not make a movie where he has to wear anything but cargo shorts less than 75% of the mm. time. Um, literally, That's written said, in the contract. That is absolutely said, written in the contract. Samantha, can, I become after, a, can I become a cargo shorts guy or is that a no-go? No, no, no. Say no, Samantha. It's okay. You have support. Here. I, well, I was just going to say I enjoy pockets because then I wouldn't have to carry anything. Mm, so see, so I'm there. wearing there pockets. Yeah. There you go. Who wears the pockets? This relationship. Oh hell yeah, Bob! Um, women but, uh, are not made with functional pockets. They don't put functional pockets in women's clothes. Everybody knows that. Oh. Everyone. Maybe a romper. What about a romper or like a onesie that'll have pockets? Well, she has a onesie. Um, no, I do have a onesie. Um, no, I don't think they put pockets in those either. I mean, they'll put pockets in stuff like dresses every once in a while, and that's like the highlight. Like, literally, you just buy it so you can be like, thanks, it has pockets. And then you motion with the pockets. <laughs> and every- yeah. Big, big handbag, which knows that if you put pockets in women's clothing, that it'll disrupt their entire economic model. I know, but I hate purses. They're a lot. Right, right. Unless you're going to the movies and sneaking in food, which I know Chase loves. <laughs> sure, but fan of. no, I, I adamantly oppose. That is that is not true. Not a real thing. <laughs> not a real uh, thing. Oh yeah, after after Adam Sandler, everyone praised Adam Sandler to the hilt for Uncut Gems, which I'm one of the not to go full arm on White, but I'm one of the few people who did not like that movie. I, no, I don't like it either. <laughs> Samantha didn't believe it. I'm like, no, that movie is awful. I don't like that movie I at all. I haven't seen it, and now I'm not going to watch it because you guys are telling me it's awful. It's not awful. I just don't find it a pleasant experience to watch and not in yes. the, oh, I 
challenged by these unpleasant ideas. It's, it's just unpleasant to watch. It's well done. The acting is good. Adam Sandler is good in it, objectively. But it is just jittery and unpleasant. I don't... It's, it's got sports, Jews, gambling. Those are all things that I enjoy, but I don't like that movie. Um, in any case, after he made that and then didn't get an Academy Award nomination, he, Adam Sandler openly said, I'm going to make the worst movies of all time because fuck you, you should have given me an Academy Award. Mm. In uh, any case, Armand White also does not like Uncut Gems. <laughs> Shocker that we're in the same boat. How did we get to Armand White? Why are we oh, I know about- why. Because Love Island. We were talking about reality television that we were Wait, actually bringing- what? No, we weren't. No. no, we weren't. But I've had to watch way too much of that, guys. Like, I, okay, uh, well, first of all, it was like only a couple of episodes. It, it was so, a lot. Settle down. It, it felt like more. <laughs> oh, that's why. Because Armand White loves Man of Steel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So let me wrap. Like, I can bring it back to how this movie ended. Bring it back full circle. Yes. yes. So he comes out. Like, I saw him leaving the theater. Like, I fell asleep during this movie. Like, 100% fell asleep. And we got out at like 2 30 because that movie is just insanely long. And we walked out. And I've never seen a person go into a movie so excited and then come out just like a different person. <laughs> it was so sad. Like, he was just morose and he was like, and it was it was like i'm sorry man i I don't know what to tell you i kind of warned you but um it's it's like watching somebody who you know you know it's like being a notre dame fan in a big game you go in oh (laughs) oh wow or tennessee um no we don't play in big games anymore hold on we don't play Um, (laughs) what's that no i was gonna say it's like watching one of those fans that is like paint it you know they got the face paint on they've got you know i mean they are just dressed to the nines for this game and then they show them in the first quarter they're you know they're excited and then they cut back to them like midway through the third when all hope is lost and Mm -hmm. they're just kind of sitting there like well fuck guess all mistakes were made here's the thing notre dame fans are like dude we're a it's another playoff appearance (laughs) <laughs> who gives a shit? Is that how they feel, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. Okay. You aren't you aren't going to see a Notre Dame fan completely like, oh man, I mean, yeah. Do we deserve to be there? I'd make a I'd make an argument. Yes. It's it, is it our fault that the oh that the Texases and the Michigans of the world uh, consistently fall short? And then we have to take that spot, or it's us, or it's Oklahoma, or it's a Georgia takes that spot. No, I'm not. I'm not going to apologize because the rest of the field sucks. Well, Andrew, you got to hear some of the slander Samantha says on a daily basis about Notre Dame. She she is as adamantly opposed to the inclusion of Notre Dame as anyone I've ever seen. Wait, what's her team? I'm not a big fan of Notre Dame. Oh, what's your team? We're the vaults. I don't have a team. She does. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> hey, not 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 mm-hmm. having a team in the vaults are basically the same thing. Oh, oh, did you go to Notre Dame? Is this why you're a, a fighting Irish fan? Uh, no. Um, so like my first exposure to college football was watching Notre Dame and Florida State in '93, mm-hmm. and I was like four years old, and I was like, oh man, this game is awesome. Is that the, is that the Rocket Ismail Notre Dame team? No, that was Ricky Waters. Um, that's oh, the year that they. They beat Florida Tim Brown? State. No, that's 88. Okay. Or 87. 87. Um, but, no, they beat Miami, or they beat Florida State. They're number one team in the country. The next week, in, t- in, in, in typical I root for this team fashion, mm-hmm. Notre Dame loses to just a not, I don't want to say not so great, but they were a very underwhelming Boston College team that they just kind of slept on and then – Boston College beats them. Notre Dame doesn't go to a national championship. And then Florida State wins one. So, yay. Hmm. Fun times. That's a bad first experience. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it could be worse. I respect you for sticking with them. I mean, it's... No, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, No, I mean, it's... the the school is uh, I mean the program is in this funny situation where it's like Brian Kelly's best team in South Bend is basically going up against 
probably one of the greatest teams in the last 20 years. Just looking at, just based on the numbers and the metrics, I mean, what can you do? You can hold the ball till Tuesday. Alabama still has to get the ball. Which naturally brings us to James Harden. Speaking of guys who want the ball. James Harden mm-hmm. loves balls. People forget that. He he loves the balls. And he, he... I don't believe the Celtic stuff's real. The Danny Ainge... I am in on this person, but we're not actually going to pull the trigger stuff just to leak it out there. Is one of my favorite traditions of like... We were really close. We were, we were having talks. We were getting extensive on making a, a big trade. And then it's like, no, we're not doing any of that. I don't believe the Celtic stuff, but... I love that Toronto is getting involved here. Toronto off to a terrible start. First time in NBA history, a team has had a double digit lead in three games and lost all three. Uh, They are on their way to having the season from hell. But with Giannis staying in Milwaukee, them just having this opportunity to be like, well, what do we do? Like, would you, would you guys trade? We'll start with Samantha. Would you trade OG and Anobi and pieces for James Harden? You would. Yes. Okay. Yes, of course you would. Yes. Yes. I think there are some Raptors fans that won't do it. uh, Is is OG being positioned as the centerpiece of that package? I mean, he has to be. It kind of has to be Siakam, doesn't it? I don't think they're going to give up Siakam for him. Then I'm sorry, that package is not better than what the Nets have to offer. I don't think they want to send him to Brooklyn, though. I don't think that's what they want at all. I don't think they really want to do that. But yeah, no, I agree. The Nets package is better. But I'd also be terrified if you're the Nets because you're deep. The Nets are deep. Karis LeVert is playing really good basketball. Mm. Losing Dinwiddie is huge for them. I get that. But I don't know. I would be nervous giving up all my depth to bank on the health of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for a full season. I would just be, I'd be very nervous. Yeah, but I mean, depth or not, they're banking on that health anyway, so. That's true. That's true. I, the Nets actually play the Hawks tonight, so that will be fun. I'm excited think, to see Trey versus Kyrie. This is a random what question. Are, you, mm-hmm. are they, like, first in line for getting vaccinated and shit? No. Athletes in general? Okay. Uh, okay. We don't know. I mean, the assumption is no, they're not. Um... But I don't think we exactly know who's getting vaccinated at this point and who isn't. And I think the general assumption that very wealthy and powerful people are not cutting the line would be a mistake. There are already talks, there are already like stories at hospitals where high ranking doctors and hospital administrators have moved to the front of the line in order to make sure they're getting vaccinated. There is no, let's just put it this way there's no, not to get tinfoil hatted and weird, there's no concrete public statements by the NBA that we need to vaccinate all our players so we can keep playing basketball. That does not exist. Would I be surprised if some had on the sly figured out a way that money could solve this problem? Yeah. I would not be surprised by that. Yeah. I also think there's merit to the argument that people seeing famous people that they like taking the vaccine will maybe spurn some people to actually do it. I I don't know. I think there is some validity to that. Maybe to calm. the. I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was talking about this with my mother last night, my mother who is uh, an older woman. um, Mm -hmm. And she mentioned that uh, in 1947, there was a smallpox outbreak in New York city, um, which is a bad thing. But in a week, the city managed to vaccinate 6 million people. Really? Yeah. Damn. And there was no internet then. I don't know if you guys know that. There, uh, yeah, I've heard that the internet, it took a little bit longer to, to get Selfies it. had not even been invented. Mm. No one knew what that was. It was just an oil painting. But, um, yeah, somehow via word of mouth and people just seeing people waiting online, they managed to get that shit together. One might think that would be a damning critique of a crumbling empire, but we might want to go there on a sports podcast. Well, this is a very, like, I wanted today to be kind of like around just like us checking in on 2021 and little sportsy stuff that's going on that I'm reading about that I'm interested in. Uh, Ooh, uh, Samantha, here you go. Yeah. your year-end award for the worst person in media this year and the best person? (laughs) 
in media in general? Mm-hmm. You can just say me, Samantha. Are, are you are you trying to get me to say your name? What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. What? You're <laughs> like just are you like are you talking? Okay, are you talking just like celebrity, like person in general for 2020? Worst person. Mm-hmm. Okay, worst person for 2020. Worst person, best person. Ooh, that's tough. No, skip me. Skip me. Okay. Come back to me later. Bob. Worst person in media. God, there's so many candidates. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Glenn Greenwald is the worst. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. The man, look. He doesn't know what spiking a football means. We learned that this past No, week. he really doesn't. Uh, for all you people who don't <laughs> get roped into this shit, Glenn Greenwald is a longtime reporter and the former founder of The Intercept, who engaged in one of the more hilarious public ass-showing and diaper-filling escapades we've seen in a long-ass time when he quit his job, basically because his editors said, yeah, we need to edit this story. And at the thought of being edited by someone, uh, he like screamed from the high holy heavens and posted this to his fucking medium account that he was being censored and they were trying to silence his great beautiful poetic thoughts about hunter biden because he was willing to sort of slapdash together a mishmash of 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 vague conspiracy theories culled from the online right and presented as being a lefty critique of the democrats which is a giant steaming pile of horseshit but him quitting his i believe four hundred thousand dollar a year job because someone dared to possibly take out an extra adverb or an adjective somewhere from the things he was writing was really just heinous and and so now of course he switched to Substack, and he's with the number of subscribers he's had it's fairly clear that he's making more money now than he did at his paying job and is free to just post whatever he wants but he doesn't seem to post that often on Substack. He spends far more of his time getting into petty, tiny Twitter beefs where he's so anti, anti, like the anti Trump contingent that he basically validates the entire horseshoe theory. And it seems pretty clear that he himself is backing uh, America's favorite uh, 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 malignant narcissist slash president. Um, so my worst person is Glenn Greenwald for constantly showing his ass and just being so smugly dumb about it, it it sends me up a tree. The smart thing would be to not care about Glenn Greenwald, like because most people don't really care about Glenn Greenwald. But that's a mistake on my part, not anyone else's. Um, and the best person in media? Hmm. Best person in media? It's okay. You can say me. I, uh, I, I, I prefer I'll, I'll, if Samantha didn't do it, just because it would come off as biased. Okay. But if you aside from, me, the, aside from Chase Thomas and the Chase Thomas podcast, I'm going to go uh, Ed Young of The Atlantic for his diligent mm. on coronavirus, which has been fucking like just monster story after monster story and is invaluable for anyone who needed to understand what the fuck is going on. So, yeah, best is Ed Young, worst Glenn Greenwald. Andrew. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, worst person in media is any member of the media that was not under either understanding the coronavirus and, and, and protocols or um, was trying to bypass all of it and say, oh, it's not that bad for you. And. And these guys are completely healthy. They can play sports. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, somebody from the University of Florida's men's basketball team basically almost died uh, like <laughs> two or three weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. Is he okay. I haven't read a lot yeah, about he's, it. He's good. He's, he's, I think he's declared he's, out for the year because the yeah, Mike he's, and I he's like out his for heart, the year, yeah. but he is uh, in the process of trying to recover and, 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 you know, trying to do all that. But, uh, there was another study done on athletes at, uh, Ohio state at the Ohio state university. And I want to say it was maybe 25 to 30% of the athletes that they tested in terms of just, you know, how their body reacts, you know, like some sort of heart damage, like, yeah, 
you guys want sports. Hell, all of us need sports so we can essentially just kind of fund our own, you know, our lives and it's our livelihood. But we we're all aware that yeah, this kind of comes at a price. Like you you you, you got to give up a little bit to, you know, to 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 play safe, but there are members of the established media that are putting this I hate like oh the media no it, it was watching reputable football analysts and reputable sports personalities basically just kind of shove those theories and and these clearly debunked opinions out into the ether and it was it was a terrible look uh it it did not help the meathead uh you know jock mentality um and so that like watching that throughout the year and it's still happening in some in, in some ways uh all of these ass clowns deserve worst journalist of the year uh best journalist of the year any journalist that didn't completely lose their shit in 2020 um, shout out to you, uh, because yeah, 2020 sucked and I hope we all learn lessons and we are, uh, we are much smarter and much more aware and can, you know, value our, our health and our mental health, uh, during, uh, a time because yeah, it's a new year, but you know, we, New Year, same shit for the next, you know, six, seven months. I like it. I like it. Samantha, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. Worst, Tucker Carlson. Mm. I just like really can't stand his face or his voice or anything that he says um, or anything about him. I'm not a fan. Fair. So that's my worst for 2020. And my best, and I had to look him up because I didn't know his name, but it was the guy that gave the speech after Biden and Kamala won, and it was Van Jones, just because that made me cry when he was talking about his daughters and stuff. So that was my best. All right. There's a very fun video, Samantha, that I think you'll enjoy, and I'll, I'll drop it in the group chat after we're done here, um, which is uh, someone supercut a whole bunch of videos of Tucker Carlson with that weird, pinched, confused expression on his face <laughs> you'll when he's trying to, quote-unquote, listen to a guest and just looks, mm-hmm. looks befuddled all the time. And instead of guests talking, they supercut it with people eating mayonnaise straight out of a jar. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that. One, because That's suddenly his expression makes total sense, as opposed to him sort of furrowing his brow and staring into the middle distance as if he's confused by what's being said to him when it's just white nationalist dribble and they understand he it. is confused he is he is not he's confused. not faking it 44 million dollars a year man he's not confused that's how much he makes yeah he's a genius he's evil. horrible genius yeah but rich a rich, evil person. Uh, There's none of those yeah. ever. Those don't exist. Yeah. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? I got it. That is a true thing. People forget that. Um, that is an underrated talking point when it comes to this. So I am a fan. Um, my favorite was um, Ryan Cooper of the week. Um, I think he does like just great work. And I always have to read him. And he's probably the person I'm probably most aligned with when it comes to political thoughts and he's great he's a must read so if you do not read ryan cooper except for the fact that chase thomas briefly joined the shining path in peru and was advocating for a full marxist revolution thanks for that (laughs) totally in line it is in line it is in line um worse was hard because like i just i don't you know what i don't like and i'm just gonna have to say he's the worst clay travis is the worst because he is now intercepted He has intercepted my casual conversations with people in Tennessee, where everyone in Tennessee knows <laughs> who Clay Travis is. And if I tell any guy what I do for a living and what I do. Like, oh, do you know Clay Travis? Yes. Oh, and it, that's always the first follow up. And I hate it. I hate it. And then I have to like just be like, because I'm not trying to like have like a full on conversation about him because that doesn't 
like help anything by spending 10 minutes talking to this person that clearly listens and will always be a fan of him. Like I'm not changing that mind. I just want to get out of there, but they're just like, Oh yeah. Do you, do you, do you like clay Travis? And I'm just like, God, I don't really have an opinion. And I'm just like, and I'm trying to keep it moving. Cause I'm just like, hey, I know who he is, but yeah, no, I know whatever. And they're just like, yeah, he's just doing great. He's killing it. And I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> I hate it so much. So I hate that he has infected my, my life in that regard where his stuff just people ask me about it and i'm like i don't want to be asked about clay travis anymore i'm i'm over it makes sense it's okay it's okay um to wrap up here today guys um what are your picks of the week (laughs) oh bless you bless you i beat you samantha you're just that was uh, a big one i'm fine Mm -hmm. fine. i don't have the rona i'm fine okay good um liar yeah, probably. Uh, what are the picks? Picks of the week. Mm. Oh, gosh, Best thing you read or watched this week, Bob? Best thing I read or watched this week. Uh, shoot. It's been a rough week for watching things. I'm going to pass to Andrew while I think about this for a second. Ha ha. And, and whatever. Um, the one thing that I am watching for... Uh, <clears throat> I would say I'm watching the entire AFC half of the playoffs. Uh, mm. I think that you, you you are going to get a an amazing look at basically the future of the league. Uh, and, and I was thinking about this because I'm working on an upcoming episode for my podcast, which I'll talk about here um, in a bit, but... There, there's this transitional phase where we're leaving the Brady, the Brading Manning era of the AFC is over, and it's Mahomes and who else? And that's the fun part about this because you're gonna have Cleveland, you know, you're gonna have Buffalo. I mean, there are so many teams on the AFC side that are trying to get into that perennial contender section. And I I think it's going to be fun to watch uh, as we end the season and going into a wild card weekend. There you go. I like it. Uh, Samantha, do you have, uh, do you have anything you would like to throw in here? Um, Well, I have nothing to do with sports, but I did watch a movie this week that I liked. It was very sad. It was called beautiful boy. And it was, it was gut-wrenching, but it was good. And it was about addiction and fentanyl and stuff, and it was great. God, you we can't it. escape that. We can't escape the fentanyl stuff. Euphoria, this. I, well, I know. I know. But it was. It had Timothy Chalamet, and I really wanted to see it. And Steve Carell's in it, and he's serious, and he actually does a really good job. So it was good. It did make me sad, but it was good. There you go. Uh, my pick of the week, there was a really good piece on The Athletic uh, by Stu Mandel, a uh, college football writer there, um, on why Urban should not take an NFL job if offered. And I don't know. I think it was kind of heartfelt because he's talked about like first meeting Urban and like his health battles and just like what it would actually do to him to lose six games, seven games in the NFL when he can't handle losing one game. And the last we saw of him, he was like hunched over, falling over um on the ohio state sideline and i i thought it was very well done and i think it like i I, i'm concerned about it because i don't want urban to take an nfl job either because i just i don't think he handles stress well and he was very open and honest about that and some people just should not go down that road again and he's in his mid-50s he should just stay away because it it seems like it's just bad for his health and um i don't know it seems like it's been a lot through his family and it's a really good piece so i highly encourage people who have not already read it to go and do so um andrew what can we check out from you this week uh we have the uh yearly or not yearly but we have the 2021 debut of into the archives uh we are going back and taking a look at taking a look at the uh, 1992 uh playoffs and super bowl 27 i'll be joined by uh yahoo uh yahoo sports nfl writer therese paler uh, I am very excited about that. So that'll be out uh, probably around 
Friday uh, around at 8:30 a.m. Eastern. So it's a big uh, five thirty out here. Yeah, no, it's yeah, I'm excited. Uh, uh, me and him, we've chatted before and and and, and worked pretty well together. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Bob, what can we check out from you this week at the Daily Beast? Uh, nothing this week. Nothing this week. Working on a bunch of stuff. It'll. I'll have something soon. I do have a thing for. For, for thing people should read, which is uh, the small bow, which is as long as we're on a on an addiction kick. Uh, the small bow is a newsletter that's written by uh, former Gawker and Deadspin editor AJ Delario, and it's incredibly good. And once a week, AJ will write uh, an essay that can be short or long, usually pretty short, and it's just filled with insight and wisdom and i highly recommend it if you go to www.thesmallbow.com you can sign up it's free go do it samantha is there anything you would like to plug before we wrap up here um plug no i'm good (laughs) um the chase thomas podcast oh sorry i forgot to say that before Mm. when you asked me about the best thing that was Mm. my fault i'm sorry that's that's very sweet thank you um, You're welcome. And it's uh, we got some news coming down the pike. So it's 2021, and then I'm excited to share the uh, where the Chase Songs podcast will be going. So we are uh, moving in a great direction. I'm excited to announce that. But um, yeah, this show will continue on. Our sports reporters will continue on, but uh, in a new home, in a new home. So that uh, is something I'm very excited about. But I cannot talk. You about mean that. the toilet where it belongs? <laughs> Wow, you're out of here bob you're out of here you're gone we'll find somebody else we'll find i don't know i like bob do you like bob i i told him what you said what Uh, what the quote what did you text me what was the direct quote um don't tell him that what i like was the the direct quote bob i like it it's good it's a good it's a good line i i give it a thumbs up there you go see bob he likes it for that guy up there in the Northeast, Bob Silverman. For the other guy up there in the Northwest, Andrew Hammond. For myself down here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And for another Knoxville, Tennessee. Person that doesn't live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you. Mm. Do you not live in Knoxville, Tennessee? Nope. I feel like Colorado or something. Oh, in Colorado, uh, Samantha. Thank you, everybody, for thank a you. New Year's Day conversation. Enjoy the holiday season as best you can stay safe out there guys and uh we'll be back next week nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.